And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is a special guest who reached out to me. She's a fellow podcaster. Uh, she hosts a show called Crushgasm. I said it right this time. It's Kendra Beltran, everyone. Woo! Yay! Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Can I just say, first and foremost, thank you for picking this movie. It's been probably 25 years since I've seen this film what I know I'm the worst I am the worst we're talking about a goofy movie in case you haven't read you know the episode that movie came out in 1995 uh screenplay by Jim Magan Chris Matheson and Brian Pimental Pimental directed by Kevin Lima and according to IMDb now buckle up Kendra when when Max has a preposterous premise to wait, no, hold on, let me rephrase, let me start over because that was a mess up. When Max makes a preposterous pro- promise to a girl he has a crush on, his chances of uh, to fulfilling it seem hopeless when he is dragged onto a cross country trip with his embarrassing father, Goofy. Now, how did you watch this movie first and foremost? Like first, for this. Uh, oh, and you for this or the first time I ever saw it? I mean, uh, for for this recording. Oh, I watched it on Disney Plus. Okay, so did you read the Disney Plus summary of it? It's completely no. different. Is it just a cool cross country road trip father and son film? Close enough. It's it, it's <laughs> it says quote Goofy ha- has a hilarious cross country road trip in store for his teenage son Max. En route to the old fishing hole to get in some father-son bonding time, they find themselves up their floppy ears in misadventure. Will Max learn there's nothing wrong with taking after dear old dad, even if he ha- even if he is a little goofy? Um, I prefer this one over the IMDb one. IMDb one has that word preposterous is hard to read. I don't think you should use that in any Disney movie. Doesn't mean <laughs> keep it simple. It's Disney. Um, I know, right? I mean, it's also like a Debbie Downer in a way. <laughs> like his dad at the Goofy ultimately got terminal disease news. Like it's very sad. Like on IMDb, right? Yeah, where <laughs> where? Okay, so I mean, in the movie, um, Max is being like a stereotypical uh, teenager of the time when he's all like embarrassed of his father and everything. And that's what I feel like the IMDb summary is more so going after rather than like the fun loving time that Goofy is having. Yeah. uh, I think they could mix the two. I think it's a, it's, he's embarrassed. I think it's like Disney's first actual teen movie that is appropriate. I know all their princesses Uh, were teens, but who they were going after wasn't appropriate and the stories were horrible. What do you mean? Well, horrible in like the woke sense, but as a child, I mean, I would have gave up everything for Prince Eric to Ariel. Like, (laughs) no hate there. (laughs) I mean, look at him. I want some legs. So here's my voice. (laughs) I mean, I did grow up like that, though. I was like, get me out of this town. So I totally knew what Ariel was going for. And if she had to give up some voice for a and (laughs) again, Eric, hottest Disney prince for me. Of course. Yes. I get it. I get it. It's the blue eyes, right? The blue eyes. Yeah, the blue eyes, the dark hair. I mean, uh, he he looks very Grecian in a way. Kind of like Uncle Jesse, which I feel mm. like was definitely crammed down our throats as being very sexy <laughs> for some reason when I was like five years old. So all of that <laughs> mixed together is like, give me John Stamos, Prince Eric. Didn't, well, he did it live, but I don't know at the Hollywood Bowl if he was Prince Eric or who he played. He, okay. So in that quote unquote live thing, he played oh, no. the chef. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Missed opportunity there, but okay. 
but, so now I have vague recollections of seeing this movie as a child and then uh on like TikTok, there's that trend, there's like a, a few trends going around where eye to eye is being played. So like mm-hmm. I I I'm getting my fill of it, but I'm not gonna lie, when eye to eye happens in the movie, I think I fell out of my chair because it slaps so hard. It's an amazing, it's like Disney's first legit crossover pop song because they had like, you know, Christina Aguilera would do the version of Mulan and Celine Dion did her Beauty and the Beast. But this was the first one where it was like in the movie, this was a, as the kids say, a bop. It's a bop. (laughs) It's a bop, as the kids say. So usually at the beginning of the episode, like when I do the breakdown and everything, I mention the, like who wrote the music and lyrics. But there seems to be like a few groups of people who wrote the songs for this movie. So Tom Snow and Jack Feldman, Tom wrote the music and Jack wrote the lyrics for After Today, On the Road, and Nobody Else But You. Patrick DeReamer and Roy Freeland wrote Stand Out and Eye to Eye basically the two songs that slapped the hardest. <laughs> so yeah, it was clear they had to, a group to write the quote unquote Disney songs. And then uh-huh. they had the pair that were like, all right, we're taking this to like billboard hot 100. <laughs> well, and then Lester's possum park was written by Randy Peterson and Kevin Quinn. So they were the, they were the odd ones out. Like that's an odd, that was a whole odd part of the movie. Like I was reading that Jim Megan, one of the writers uh, watched a lot of like uh, cross-country traveling movies to get a sense of it like it makes sense they would go to the possum park but at the same time just like this is such a random thing that that scene if you because it is darker than the rest of the movie in terms of like the cinematography I guess just the look of it it could it looks like the start of a horror movie it does yes especially with the the one possum that breaks Mordecai oh yeah him (laughs) (laughs) I mean that was also it was it's funny too because I did read on the IMDB trivia that that was Disney parodying themselves in a way I I was gonna say I think that's so is that they're like country bear jamboree which is like my mom's favorite part of Disneyland (laughs) and the tiki room for some reason (laughs) uh this movie Though, I have to say, I was a little, it felt a little jarring at the end when, you know, they go through the whole adventure and they blow up each other, they come back, but then all of a sudden now we're at the concert. (laughs) I felt like I missed something. Like there was a scene missing because all of a sudden they crawl out of the cases and I'm just like, what, what is this? Where, where are we? Did I, did I fall asleep for a second? Well, in Disney, there's magic. So they definitely survived this near-death experience on a waterfall. I don't know where near like LA that waterfall was, but yeah, they have that. And then they magically through Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and all that, they are at the concert. And I think that the it's just the magic. I mean, you can't question it. It's like, why, again, going back to Little Mermaid, she could sign her name, but she couldn't tell Eric, hey, this is my name. Like, Disney magic. Disney magic. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that either, about her writing out her name. Oh. <laughs> Look at why you watch it as a child, because then you don't question every little thing. You just so, love it. <laughs> Kendrick, you reached out to me via the Instagram which I ask anyone if they want, you can do that. Um, You picked this movie specifically. Is there a reason why? Yes. Um, So this movie is in like the middle of the Disney Renaissance. And I don't think, I think at the time didn't get the love it deserves. It definitely became a cult classic with each passing year, just the same as Hocus Pocus and um, Nightmare Before Christmas. For some reason, the Hot Topic kids swept in, new generations watch it, (laughs) love it. But what I loved about it is this is kind of the first movie me and my brother bonded over. He's six years younger than me. He wasn't really into Disney princesses. His movie was more The Lion King, which is again, an amazing movie. But this one was just so much, it was so different than all the other Disney movies. It didn't have that, you know, Othello, Hamlet, all these inspirations. It was just a simple movie with 
really great music. And plus, looking back retroactively, it is Disney's kind of first quote unquote black movie. Mm. When you look at the this music, especially Tevin Campbell being the voice of Powerline. And I was looking at the years going back and I was like 94 the year before it came out, a lot, it was starting to be a lot of hip hop, R&B, Mariah Carey, boys to men in the charts. And I think Disney kind of were like, how do we market on that? How do we get these little black kids in, into the theaters without giving them the Disney princess they all want? And I think that's why they went this route because in 95, I looked at the top 10 songs of the year, nine out of 10 were by hip hop and R&B artists, except for one. And that was Madonna. So I think oh. another reason, I think it just like spoke to me, uh, me and my brother were like two of a few black kids in our town at the time. So maybe it was that connection. We just didn't know it at what, eight years old or two. <laughs> but yeah, that it's just a film me and my brother love. We're actually, before I move, I hope we can get a matching Goofy movie tattoo. I don't know if it'll happen because I only have a week, but <laughs> we're talking about doing uh, the possum. Oh, <laughs> The possum brothers or are you getting one of the hanging upside down possums we're like maybe we'll just get like a little outline of lester or like the the symbol because we wanted something we didn't want to go very obvious and do power line do goofy do max or Mm -hmm. anything we're like let's do the possum because we also grew up very trailer trash and we were like (laughs) i think that just goes with our aesthetic oh my god catcher where have you been my life (laughs) (laughs) i've been here but i i mean the uh this movie is great it's the the two songs that um paraline sings slap so hard and can i just say though i love at the end when paraline is just like oh you're now joining me let's do the the dance or whatever no security again disney magic disney magic well no there was security oh he they was were chasing trying. matt he was trying but like nobody like caught goofy surprise <laughs> what was weird though is like you mentioned we were talking about like the two different groups that wrote these songs and i was looking i was like well what else did they write because i thought oh the group that did the power line songs they're probably like chart top maybe they wrote for like backstreet boys in sync or something like that no, like it was Tom Snow. He actually co-wrote the Dreaming of You by Selena and well, uh, Christina uh, yeah. Aguilera's best. So emotional. I was like, Tom Snow also wrote for people who were featured in movies on this podcast already, oh. including Cher, Olivia Newton-John, Amy Grant, Linda Ronstadt and Barry Manilow and Jack Feldman, the lyricist, like uh, a lyricist wrote Thumbelina with Barry Manilow and Bruce Sussman. Oh my God. So he won a Razzie for that. (laughs) He won a Razzie for that. He also won. So he won a Tony for, he wrote news. He wrote for Newsies as well. He won a Tony for the Newsies uh, on Broadway, but he won a Razzie in 93 for worst original song, High Times, Hard Times. So (laughs) He's like Sandra Bullock, you know, she won the Razzie for uh-huh. that horrible movie with Bradley Cooper, but then she won the Oscar for The Blind Side. So yeah, ba- it balances out or cross cancels, whatever <laughs> the math term is. <laughs> but like every, and then I don't know, did you, I didn't actually look up uh, Patrick DeRima or Roy Freeland. Did you? They, they really didn't have a lot going on for them, which is crazy because I mean, sh- did they have to they wrote two of the best disney songs ever so i i did read on imdb though that Powerline was supposed to be played by bobby brown originally yes, well he, he was, was played he did record but he was scandalous but he was fired for substance abuse issues apparently at <laughs> disney they don't like the cocaine well like <laughs> Yeah, you can't have like power line behind the music and it be like, yeah, he was like, oh, cocaine. he got max onto cocaine and <laughs> all this stuff. Stop. I see why. And I think they I think in the end they made a better choice. I didn't know who Tevin Campbell was at the time. But now if I always say if Disney wanted to bank on nostalgia, they would put on a power line show and have Tevin Campbell come and just like do it. Or have Bruno Mars. I feel like Bruno Mars could actually like keep up with the dance moves and do it too. Uh, or or duet. They could duet. Oh, that'd be so good. Well, wait, wait. How about this instead? Bruno Mars does stand out and Tevin Campbell does eye to eye because yeah. 
you need to have in Campbell to do eye to eye. No one else. Eye to eyes is the bop. So it 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 comes it like like if you think the ending comes out of nowhere, that (laughs) song comes out of literal nowhere, and you fall. I, I I mean I. Well, I didn't fall, but like mentally, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> what is this? So good. And the dance as well, which I've never tried to do because I grew up a very just like lazy kid. <laughs> in my head, I was dancing and in my head, I'm a very good dancer, but I'm not like coordinated or anything. I mean, I grew up with like Backstreet Boys in sync and I can't move at all like that. But I'm in my head, per- I could. I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video somewhere of somebody like breaking it down and doing the moves. Oh yeah. And quarantine, I got really, (laughs) I would try to do it because there was like pop punk cardio workouts. And then they, I, even the girl did some Disney ones, but she moved like really fast during Disney Mm -hmm. and I couldn't keep up. I was like, this is not Darren's dance grooves. Girl, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Like I would be so wedding trying to do it, but I haven't looked to see if there is a power line one. Maybe that'll be my my new workout. Trying to do that dance, probably won't. And and then when you master it, you you can like I don't know, zhuzh it up your own way. Yeah, I always had a dream. I would tell my mom, I'm like, if you would have put me in dance, I would have been a dancer and I could have been Backstreet Boy dancer in their Vegas residency. She's like, oh girl, that's a stretch. <laughs> Well, if you start learning it now, because I feel like Disney listens to this podcast. So if you start learning it now, when Tevin Campbell and Bruno Mars are going to do a live concert of this, you'll be ready. You're like backup dancer number one right here. My back probably couldn't do it because now I'm a lot older than when the movie came out. But I'll I'll have my icy hot ready to go back brace. That's why they invented Advil for reasons like this. Or a leave. True. True. I'm a Tylenol girl. <laughs> or Tylenol. <laughs> um, so I wrote down some questions while watching this movie. Did the Bigfoot sequence need to be that long? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was watching it. I'm like, why? And how much did they spend to get the BGs for that like two seconds that he's like doing the little thing that we didn't? Yeah, I don't think it's needed because it didn't add to anything. I guess it it was like trap them in the car so they can have their high dad suit moment. But other than that, no. And and like a little comedy when he fell asleep on top of the car for the kids. I mean, we're we're two grown ass adults right now, so. <laughs> Watch it, rewatching it. Um, like I, I, I saw it once and maybe a few times when I was a kid, but like, like I said, I don't really remember a lot of this. So it's like fresh eyes for me. And so I am not the target audience. Again, <laughs> I keep finding that out on this. And I'm sorry if I keep shitting on this movie, but and ruining it for you and your, and hopefully your brother is listening. Um, I will I'll tell him to listen. Good. Good, another listener. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know it's Disney, though. It's like not going to be. I think it's never perfect. <laughs> no, but, but but like this movie was, it was a really, um, like you said, it was like their first teenage movie. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a good way because like you know when you're a teenager you're a little more rebellious. You're still figuring yourself out. Mm-hmm. and others so like max is supposed to be what like 15 i want to say 16 maybe like i yeah 15 i would give him because he didn't I'd, let him drive at all on the road trip but also well disney like it could be any <laughs> you could be any age and drive but also i don't feel like he's a senior in high school no 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 because it seems like this is summer vacation where he's going back mm-hmm uh, yeah, he'll like year. definitely like date Roxanne their sophomore or junior year, their breakup mm-hmm. because they did have the unnecessary, extremely goofy movie where they went off to college. Disney <laughs> 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 sequels questionable, but <laughs> yeah, that was also a Melissa McCarthy movie where like she went to college too oh, with her daughter. Yeah. What? Oh, that's another story for another day, but um. <laughs> But I felt I felt like this was a good movie for the older kids or even kids to learn like you are not going to get along with your parents. You are going to argue. 
you're gonna separate yourselves, but eventually you're gonna come back and y'all, both of you will have respect for each other. Like when you're older. Um, yeah, I think it's the healthiest maybe relationship with family up until that point for Disney because we had seen like King Triton trying to keep Ariel down away from that, you know, Prince Eric D. And of course, Cinderella was <laughs> held captive. Belle was kind of okay, but she was kind of just taking care of a crazy dad. But yeah, this is kind of the first time we saw Disney give us a well-rounded modern family relationship in a lot of ways too. Right. I mean, and even Princess Aurora was not even raised by her parents. So I, the Disney movies that predate Little Mermaid are kind of like, I'm not like a big fan of Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow. I don't like Snow White at all. I oh I don't I don't I think she's a waste of a character, but yeah. So pre-Renaissance, you're like everything's dead to me. It doesn't exist. The only ones I love pre-Renaissance are I love Robin Hood. He's like my first crush, and The Great Mouse Detective because Basil also hot. I know they're all animals. Was and that wait? Was that Disney or was that it's Disney? Great okay. Mouse Detective. It was 87, so it came right before Little Mermaid kind mm. of blew them up, so it kind mm-hmm. of got pushed to the side. And, like, Oliver and Company is great, too, and The Rescuers, but, yeah. I think their animal movies pre-Renaissance were great, and then Renaissance is just, like... Boom, Renaissance, boom, boom. and are we... I mean, we're not in the Renaissance anymore at the present no. date. We're in, like, a postmodern Disney. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Some are great. Some are great. Moana. Give me Moana. yeah I I like him I was like okay I didn't really get what Hamilton was all about I'm sorry to all you musical fans I understand you're but technically not Disney yeah but it was like this available musical moment and I was like it kind of to me was like in the 90s when they would give you like instructional videos at school and they'd be like hip hopped out (laughs) to be cool that's what I felt it was I'm sorry to Lin-Manuel so when Moana I was like all right, let's see what he's doing. And then like that song, like the Moana song, like how far or whatever. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this man is a genius. This <laughs> man is... <laughs> like, I was all on board once I was like, wow, that, yeah, he can write. That's good. So Moana, but, I do love. I cried. Oh my God. But you're over Let It Go, I'm assuming. I, I, I hate You let it go and you, you're you like, let go and w- let God. <laughs> I think that is the most... I would say the most overrated Disney movie ever. Mm, ever. I don't, okay. I didn't understand the, the, when we talk about questionable plots, Frozen is like, I thought, here's what I thought. I'm just going to go on a little tangent. Sorry, but here's what I thought Frozen was going to be about. <laughs> I <laughs> thought, okay, she has this deep, dark secret. And she got so mad and she like froze the town for X amount of years. And like the other chick, Kristen Bell, sister, whatever her name is, she has to go find her. And it's this mission and it's going to be like this epic journey because we have to get Elsa to unfreeze the town. But really, it was like she wore some gloves. She got upset and the fro- the town was frozen for like an hour. And then Anna was like, all right, let's peace out. Go. And there's these trolls with rocks that make <laughs> I just like. You want to talk about like how Max and Goofy got in the concert? Well, okay. frozen okay. plot holes. I'll get okay. It's like Swiss cheese frozen. <laughs> I can't. Well, no, it, it. But like with Goofy movie, like I was saying, it did feel like I missed something. Like maybe something was cut in like at last <laughs> minute. They were probably like in the editing, like, should we add more Bigfoot or should we explain this last <laughs> 10 minutes? Let's go with Bigfoot. 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 The kids Bigfoot. like Bigfoot. <laughs> they keep talking about him. <laughs> He's all the rage. And Harry and the Hendersons was probably like popping at the time or whatever. <laughs> they were like, so what are your feelings on Pete? Pete is questionable. Uh, he's the dad. Like, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, like, what do I think he is? A cat, a dog? I don't no, know. No, 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 no. As, <laughs> as like a character. I do. I like Pete. I think he plays well off of Goofy. I was a fan of like the Goof Troop show. <laughs> where they were oh, in okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do like Pete. I think he's realistic. I like it. He's not even like a Disney villain. I think he's just a realist. He's like, Goofy, this is how it's got to be with your son. 
But I, I think he was a mean dad. I don't think like this movie really had a villain. The villain was, I don't know. Yeah, not was... not communicating. Yeah, like was that is that lack the villain? of communication? Because like <laughs> that's what that's what Pete has. Even though like the whole time we're just like under your thumb or whatever. It it's like okay, Pete. That's one way of parenting that is not great. <laughs> Yeah, because nope. PJ was terrified of him. Right. Like right. he snapped and whoop, there he went. And like even the scenes where Pete wasn't with PJ, PJ still was very skittish and he would always talk about like his dad and everything. Also, no one has a, there, there's no moms. It's Disney. <laughs> a, par- a parent must be missing. You're right. Or both. Yes, you must be an orphan or a single family household or be held captive by a a stepmother or something. Or something, yes. You must have family issues. For sure. We need, it's like maybe they thought all these kids need to connect to that. But it's like when I was growing up, I was the only one without one, with only one parent. So in my little friend group. So what did you think? of the song like the the other song we talked about eye to eye and how it slapped so hard standout is still a very slappage song not as big but like i think this this scene is probably like i think eye to eye is an epic scene because it closes out the movie but standout is what makes this the teen movie i think this and after today and it's just like living that fantasy of just being like freaking bde you're in front of your crush you are dressed to the night it's like if somebody came out in my school dressed like nick carter or you know if it's like vice versa mm-hmm. britney spears or something and just owned it the confidence he has in that i think is what makes that song like well you know ironically and, stand and, out <laughs> and like how they add the fog and they make him fly like it's very sexual too. I think watching it, you can be like sexually awakened as like a little, you know, child, like, Ooh, yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like the I way that- totally was like, Max is my boyfriend. Like but also the treatment of Roxanne in that you're like, Oh, you're getting like a special light. And Oh, mm-hmm. look at you. You're like kind of breathing heavily. I think a lot of people, uh, we talk about this on Crushgasm, the crushes that sexually awoke us. And I, I would feel like Max and Roxanne for a lot of millennials was a moment where puberty kind of crept up. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can, I can now, I can see that. I think, when did this come out? 95? I was, oh, quick math, quick math. I think I was like seven. I was seven. Seven-year-old John did not see that. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> like we said, this is more for like the older kids. So they, I mean, and also Max is struggling with his feelings the whole time. You know, trying to get the nerve to talk to the girl that he likes, which is a very like teenage thing. Not like a usual disney thing yeah usually um in disney they're like i like you i'm gonna make a wish on a genie and get you or i'm gonna join the army and like be in boy drag and get your attention like there's all other ways that we can Uh see our crushes then but in goofy movie realistically you don't have that confidence and i think that's why standout is so good because it shows us like maybe we could have that like and tell our crush what we feel like so then what about on the open road i i think it's good it's like it's very disney it's very ensemble and that's mm-hmm. why i think it it stands out too and i like all the different characters in it like the old the big lady and her little husband me and my brother are always like that's mom and her boyfriend the nuns <laughs> and she hated that oh yeah the nuns were really awesome too but my favorite ensemble i love after today Like I said, I think it's very, in terms of this being a teen movie, I think this makes it Disney because it is like Beauty and the Beast, like that opening song where she's like shitting on all the like townspeople when she's like walking through town. I think it's very much that except like Max isn't like crapping on everyone. Everyone has their little moment. And I love the goth girls. (laughs) Because that was me. I I had school spirit and (laughs) all that jazz. So I was like, oh. 
Oh, the kid. Like, I gotta say, too, the actors, because there's two people who played Max. You have the, um, crap, what's his name? Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden, who did the voice, the speaking role, and then Aaron Lore, who did the singing role. They matched very well, I have to say. I did not know until last night that he didn't sing the songs. I was like, what? That's the thing, like... Jason Jason Marsden I read can sing and has sang like there was a concert a few years ago for um like an anniversary of this movie and he sang the songs oh okay. uh, yeah but they wanted more of like a Broadway bigger voice okay. than his but Jason Marsden everyone should know his voice because he was Thackeray Banks. I know. The voice of Thackeray Banks. The voice of Thackeray Banks. Not the person. I know. I was at like a Comic-Con and they asked like who was the voice of him and I got, I was like, oh my god I know. It's Jason Mars. And they were like, actually, no I said the guy. I said the guy who plays Gibbs on NCIS. And they were like no, it's Jason Mars. And I was like I felt so stupid. It's like a Disney panel too. So I was like, <sighs> I told my husband, I was like, we got to go. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I can't show my face in Disney yeah, for like another few years. I know. Oh, can't go to that Comic-Con no more. But his character, so, and he was also, and how I know him more, he was on Boy Meets World. Playing yeah, Eric, Eric's friend. Eric's friend, Jason Marsden. <laughs> was that his name on the show? Yes, it was. Oh my God. Disney, <laughs> ABC, come on. Be a little ABC, creative. Do better. But oh at my- least they, I mean, they kept him in their pocket because he's voiced other movies too for them and has done other TV shows for them. Yeah, so. I had a, when I found out he was Max, I was like kind of upset because from Boy Meets World and Step by Step, I just didn't like his characters ever. And he, I'm a, I'm a heightist. I do like my men tall and he was always very small. And I was like, no, he's not Max Goof. And so it kind of, I was like, kind of ruined my crush for a minute, but I got past it. <laughs> but now are you more... To like kind of play into your podcast for a hot second. Are you more into like the design, the character design of Max or like the voice of Max? That's it. It's Jason. It's his voice. And I think it's the, it's not like the look because I don't know. He's a cow, a dog or whatever. It's more the, it's more the personality of the character. Like you want as a kid, you're like, I want that boy to like me like that kind of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. But like Robin Hood, it's voice. It's him being foxy and everything. <laughs> he could be He's a fox foxy and a fox. <laughs> yeah, but the look of Max. I mean, he dressed really cool, but I mean, he was cow dog, whatever they want to say. The goofs are. <laughs> I think everyone's a dog in this movie. Dog, cat. I don't know what Pete is. I, I was just like, he's a big cat, or he's a weird, like, oversized uh, chihuahua. Oh, maybe. No clue. No clue. But like, I can't. This movie was so great. Um, I am so upset with myself that I haven't watched it more. So thank you. <laughs> I watch it often. I watched it when I had my nephew over in like April. I we sat down and watched it because being my brother's son, he made him watch it. <laughs> And I've gone to like El Capitan when they had like, well, they'll bring it back. I do go there. So yeah, I'll see it often and whenever I can. That's why I like Disney Plus. They have, they have, I think almost everything from all, like all of Disney. So we don't have to worry about the vault, like it going away. Disney Plus is the vault. I was like, is this, is this it? All those VHS commercials back in the nineties about this (laughs) vault. (laughs) Oh no, there's. There's still some things that they will never let out of the vault. Let's be real here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love Disney Plus. It's one of the, it's like my least probably used app, but it's nice to know it's there. If I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I want to watch Lizzie McGuire right now. I pop it on. Right. And they have all these different properties that they've since have acquired, but still like you can watch hidden gems like this movie because I have a feeling we are about the same age. So I'm, I can't, I can boldly state mm-hmm. that our generation is starved for the nostalgia at this point. Oh, yeah. Or, I mean, everyone is kind of in a nostalgic mood for since the pandemic and the lockdowns and whatnot. And so something like a goofy movie is something that like 
everyone could be like, oh, I remember this, or they can learn the dance to eye to eye or what have you. I did download the soundtrack to this movie <laughs> just because I needed eye to eye in my life. So, so it, I think they could release that today and it would be a hit single. Yeah, if if nobody knew it was from this movie, <laughs> it would be like, oh, it's so, uh, I mean, it's got like a very 90s feel to it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's great. It's, yeah, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. One last thing. Should Max and, and Goofy go to therapy instead of a fishing trip? No, because they went to saw Bigfoot for some reason. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, the, it's a great adventure. And I, mean, I don't think he could have afforded it. He was just like working at what I assume was a Kmart as a photographer. I don't think they were giving him the type of health insurance to cover it. I'm sorry, that little girl um, that like in that, <laughs> that, you know, the one that Pete like Velcro's yeah. down. So funny. She's uh, all the side care. Like, I'll give them this. All the side characters are hilarious. They're amazing. They're, they they do the Disney thing, which is they're the side characters. So, like, if you need uh, a little levity in a very serious scene, they're there to, like, provide it. Like the other little girl at the possum place. Hey. Nightmare. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. she's, but, like, she's more <laughs> nightmare fuel than the one at the and that's getting her picture taken. She's like her, um, was it when you, you have a doppelganger well, or like you're tethered like in Us? Oh, <laughs> That's her oh my tethered from the upside down or whatever. You're, you're, make, you're cross-referencing everything and I love it. <laughs> I oh. live, like all I know, like my friends will be like, oh, I love my, my, heck, my Hispanic culture, my Native American culture. I'm like, I love pop culture. Like that's all I know. That's all I care about. So are you a big Disney person? I I wouldn't call myself. I'm, yeah. I'm not one of like the I'm not a Disney adult. Like the they go to the park every like day and everything. I do like the movies and I like the music. I have like a Chippendale tattoo. Like I do love what I love, but I'm not like gonna like I'm not like die hard, gonna like go to the grave for it or anything like that. But right, I love yeah. what they have done. And I, I check out the new stuff from time to time as well. So, I mean, because you we, you're a child of of Disney as well. Uh, like, we grew yeah. up watching these movies and everything. My, you know, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Beauty and the Beast, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, I'll always like it out. was. I know. <laughs> I we let. I just remember it because when we left the theater, I ran across the street and I ran right into the bar that was across the street. And it was brick, and I just like bounced up. <laughs> I'm like that movie got me hyped. I don't know. Oh, I like, oh shit! I Mom should have probably took me to the hospital, but we just went home. <laughs> you, you got you got a happy meal, and that's it. <laughs> probably is the '90s. That's what parents did. <laughs> Get a happy meal. Play with the the Disney related toy. Well, the, so this one had I was reading like five different toys that they really. I I don't know if it was McDonald's or Burger King though. It's probably was, McDonald's because I think they had like a deal with Disney. That makes sense. I mean, they do. Ha- McDonald's does have a lot of Disney's. I mean, I think Burger King too. Maybe. Maybe. They probably had Shrek. Where DreamWorks people. <laughs> oh, the enemy. <laughs> uh, I don't remember their toys. The I probably had them. For sure, because I ate there all the time. They had, um, what I was reading is that they had a bunch of things of like Goofy and Max, like together doing like fishing. And oh. I think maybe like the pot, like they, I think they picked certain moments in the movie to sort of recreate. I mean, they fudged it a little bit because like, you know, <laughs> animation, there's only so much, there's so much you can do with animation, but only so much you can do in like real life with toys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Disney with my high school musical cup as well. As, oh no. <laughs> my tumbler. You cannot use the Zach Efron one in my home. It's like up on a shelf, but you can use Vanessa Hudgens and Corbin Blue. They can they're all scratched up. <laughs> uh is there anything else, Kendra, you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat? Um 
<laughs> we kind of went all over the place with this. And I love it. That's what podcasting is for. <laughs> no, just, yeah. No, no. I think we covered it all. Okay, great. Movie. Okay, great. Let's go into Sharp and Flat. Okay. Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat. So why don't you go first with your sharps? My first sharp would be Max Goof because he's a hottie. Understandably. (laughs) Another sharp would be that this is like a teen movie and being like a child of the 90s. Those were very prevalent. Clueless, 10 things I hate about you. She's all that. All that. I would put Goofy movie in that little timeline. You know, kind of maybe like not top five, of course, because how are you going to be clueless and 10 things? But like definitely top 10 for me. I know we're calling this a teen movie, but I feel like double digits, like 10 and up is when you'll really appreciate it. You you got your tiger beats. You're a tween. Maybe puberty has hit. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. So So tween and above. Yeah. Sharp. I like of course, Powerline. I like the design of it. I like that he was kind of like Michael Jackson Prince-esque. And another, my last sharp would be, I love the big woman at the end who just belts it out. Oh, a little yes. Dress. Like the circles because Disney doesn't give us a lot of big girl characters other than Ursula. And I was like, hell yeah, representation. Disney, you, I know you're listening. We want big girl representation. I know, give me a big princess. God, that'd be oh, but not a joke. Not as yeah, a joke. And not, it's not the storyline. It doesn't have. It's like on This Is Us. They only give that sister things about her weight, and that's like she's. We're more than that in our lives. So yeah, yeah. just make her big to be big. It doesn't have to be a whole to thing. Uh, and make her fall like you can have her fall in love with a skinny guy or a fat guy. It doesn't really matter. Or girl at this point. I mean, who knows? Don't, yeah, and don't make her turn into an animal. Oh my God, Princess and the Frog. Talk about flat. Oh boy. Well, that's Tom. for the Disney verse. We're talking <laughs> only about a goofy movie right now. Yes. Uh, for, for me, I have to say my sharps was, they're so stupid and I love them. The principal secretary at the beginning hums a song called The Doll's Funeral. You know, when Max is there mm-hmm. uh, about to get detention. I just love that. I don't know why. Because like, I know that, I mean, we everyone knows that song. It's, yeah it's a Tchaikovsky song actually so and the fact that she's singing that to be foreboding is hilarious to me uh I loved it and then I also really loved the mime bit you know okay yeah 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 and then Goofy cuts the line and a piano shows out of nowhere like great button to that joke it was hilarious and i'm gonna agree with you Paraline. like come on just top tier i'm not gonna lie while watching this movie i i okay so i was more of like a nickelodeon kid than a disney kid because we didn't really have nickelodeon at the time so i watched a lot of hey arnold and there were things in this movie that reminded me of hey arnold that i think hey arnold may have accidentally stole from it do you think that power line was that guy phoebe who called it phoebe i saw your face and wow yeah definitely that and then there's also it's so slight but i feel like uh uh but like it's too weird to be a coincidence when pete shows up in the big rv and goofy has his little tent there's an episode of Hey Arnold that is exactly like that. Mm-hmm. It's and like just, Helga's dad does Helga's that. Helga's dad has the, has the big RV and Arnold's grandpa is the one that is like roughing it. So I was just like, this is a little, <laughs> somebody stole something <laughs> from someone. And I'm assuming Hey Arnold stole <laughs> it from a, a, a Goofy movie because Goofy movie came first. Oh, yeah. Craig Bartlett. What you doing watching this? <laughs> Craig Bartlett, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Uh, okay, so what were your flats? If you have any, I mean, you could, I, I don't I don't want to put pressure on you because I know you love this movie so much, but like, there has to be at least one thing that you're like, uh, 2021 eyes, come on. 
I have no flats. <laughs> Great. I think I, I will agree. Like the Bigfoot scene went a little long and maybe that's it. And the possum thing was a little out of left field. But other than that, I think it's a solid movie. I mean, those don't those didn't offend me as much. It, like, it, it's just like me nitpicking. <laughs> like, I mean, I did. I think I did chuckle when Bigfoot fell asleep on the roof of the car. Uh, and like it was that possum scene was wild. <laughs> But I wrote down how the principal, like, talked to Goofy about Max. I was just like, "Mm, I get it that this is the whole crux of the movie, but, like, that's not right. That's not what happened at all. At all. Like, he was going to end up in a gang just because he stole, like, the AV equipment. Little stretch, but. Right, but, like, I don't. I feel like Goofy never really, oh no, he did learn, but we didn't actually see Max explain it to him. It was like afterwards when they were on the car, right? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they ever talked about it. I think it was just like, we're going on this trip. I don't think he even said because like your principal called, it was just like, ready to go. And it's like, Max never said, oh dad, I got in trouble at school because of this. This is really what happened. So that lack of communication Mm -hmm. um i also wrote down speaking of which the extreme their emotions went it was like i'm really mad and then not at the not next or like (laughs) when goofy found out that max was has been lying to him about the trip but like not really because they've been following the path except for like the last leg of it would be going to la instead of the watering hole like that scene I was just like why is he so angry what I don't get it um and then also I'm gonna flat this I feel like there could have been more songs and this could have been more of a musical rather than what we have like don't get me wrong eye to eye (laughs) all the all the Paraline songs slapped so hard Maybe a third power line song would have like been too much, but I think my little heart can take it. Like instead of the Bee Gees, which they probably spent a lot of money on, they could have had like a power line song come on the radio or like power line song could have been what he heard in his, in the Walkman. Right. Yeah. A third, like not a repeat of standout, uh, a third song or, right. or oh. you could have had them like break out into song more. Cause I feel like, there may have been some missed opportunities. I don't know. I can't give any examples right now because I, I don't remember. <laughs> but um, I feel like there could have been a little, a little more like Broadway ness, if you understand what I what I mean when I say that. They probably needed one more ensemble song. Yes, that's what they needed to really they, wrap it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say like a, f- a final number where everyone is like, we did like, yay, Paraline or whatever. For sure. Yeah, because it kind of ends with just like Goofy uh, doing horrible damage to the foundation <laughs> of Roxanne's home. <laughs> like, probably probably getting hurt because Roxanne's dad was terrifying. Uh, yeah, they could have done just, something there. It just ends. Like they could have they could have had like, you know, everyone's like uh, they could have had everyone singing stand out or eye to eye or something Ooh, that would have been good that i mean it ends like with eye to eye if i remember correctly hmm? as like, like the ending credits tap uh, eye to eye it's is eye a song. Eye, yeah because i i was watching it re-watching it last night and i was like oh yeah credits are slapping <laughs> i was like i was ready to turn it and i was like oh no they're keeping the song going and keep it going <laughs> Uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I mean, Eye to Eye is probably already on there. Eye to Eye is definitely like a top 10, I would say. Maybe like top 10 Disney song, probably top five Disney song, but in life, definitely top Ooh. 25. Oh yeah, Disney, I yeah, top five for sure. And I'm gonna, life 25. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a new one for me. I'm gonna it. I, I may have played it on repeat a few times already before recording this. So, <laughs> yeah. And on that note, Kinger, we're done with the episode. We did it. We talked oh, about a goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug or promote? 
yeah, you guys can listen to me on Crushgasm. It's podcasts where my guests come on and they talk about a wide range of crushes. We do Star Wars. We're doing, there was a spooky one for Halloween, which is pro- which is already out by now. It's Tim Burton. Ooh. Ooh. So we get a little Disney in there. Uh, yeah, we're doing a lot. It's so it's so much fun because everyone, I think it's the universal thing. Just like this, everyone has a saw a movie that they love with music. Everyone has had a crush in their life, good or bad. We talk about both types. <laughs> so yeah, you can find me. Uh, it's at crushgasmpodcast.com. It has everything there. Great. And actually, uh, this is a crossover because I'm on. I did an yeah. episode with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Broadway crush. A is- Broadway crush. Yes, we do. Which you should go check out and like listen to the rest of them because they're pretty interesting if I do say so myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to reach out to me and uh, the podcast, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Tell me your thoughts on Powerline. I mean, let's be real here. It's all about Powerline. The rest of the movie is whatever. It's about spin off, spin off, spin off, spin off. off. Disney, we know you're listening. We know it because you listen to everyone. You wiretapped everyone. (laughs) So at least a concert series, like an animated concert special. Oh, we don't even need Bruno Mars live. Animate it. Animate it. Uh, Yeah, you don't have to pay them for the face, showing the face. It's just their voice. COVID safe. And it's COVID safe. Yes. Because COVID is forever. It's a virus, everyone. Uh, and if you want to be and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Happy Feet 2. Kedja, this has been so much fun. I we do have to cut you do have to come back on. Uh, there's no question about it. Just we'll talk uh, off off recording uh, about you coming back on to do another movie. Maybe a Disney movie. Who knows? I'm all Disney all day, or maybe Nickelodeon. <laughs> or maybe Nickelodeon, who knows? Uh, but in the meantime, bye for now, everyone. Bye, thank you. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.